bait this morning. I love what you've done with your hair. Where'd you get those shoes from? Thanks, man, that was good. Cool. Great to have many of you here this morning. Hey, well, as we continue in this um, study series, looking at um, uh, apprenticeship or practicing the life of Jesus or the way of, of Jesus, um, I was doing some reflecting this past week, and I don't know about you, but there are times that I, um, I, I struggle to abide. I'm, I'm abiding, but I don't sometimes sense God's presence in my life or it to be permanent or regular or, you know, or that worship moment perhaps. And I don't think we can always sit in that worship moment of, of that, that feeling or experience. But sometimes I find that I'm directing my own paths or I'm saying this is what I think or this is what I want to do. And, and it's hard for me to always in every decision that I make to invite God into it first, you know. And perhaps that's what well. Gee, me, you're going to invite God into, you know, every, every, well, Lord, what food am I going to eat today? What should I have for, for breakfast? Maybe that's gone too far, but sometimes there's a little bit of, of, of a struggle at times, you know? Um, and in light of that, I suppose, just wanting to journey more in what it means to abide in Christ and how we can perhaps grow a little bit more in that as well without creating a rod for our back. And so um, last week we picked up on the aspect of teaching and the importance of that in what Jesus did and, and we touched on the idea of practice and I want to just build into that a little bit more because I find that in my struggles in abiding, sometimes I'm not aware of, and I don't know about you, but the, the times that we're living in. It can be a real struggle to really understand and see. It's almost, you know, it would be great if we could watch a movie and see of our lives and see, okay, God, this is what's happening in relation to time and space and my response then would, would be this. It's hard sometimes to, to capture that. Um, it's a bit like two fish, an old fish and a young fish. And the older fish says to the younger fish, good morning, how's the water? And the young fish says, what's water? In other words, they're swimming in it, but they're not aware of what it's really like, what the moment is. But the older fish has experienced a lot more water and different temperatures and so on, but, and is aware a little bit more of the differences. The younger fish is just, well, this is what it's like. And to be able to capture those moments sometimes as we grow 
older, wiser, hopefully, to be aware of the circumstances that we're living in. So that, why? So that when it comes to practicing the ways of Jesus, we're more aware of the significance or the importance of it. In other words, it's a bit like having a new vision, a new understanding, a fresh awareness of your time in the world. Because once we're born to, once we're in, we have, what, roughly a hundred odd years. And that's it. And so just to be aware of our times and what, that, what the significance of it is for all of us, particularly when we're aware of another vision, of another order of Jesus. God, you lead me into your paths for your righteousness, for, for your sake, for your righteousness and for your, your sake. And so, Lord, what does that mean in my life? Because times have changed. There's really no such thing anymore as boredom, is there? Has anybody got spare time to sit and get bored anymore? It's just, it's gone, isn't it? Even for our oldies, you know, they go, oh, oh, boredom, there's no such thing. It's just gone. Unless perhaps you're a young parent and there's always a kid out there that says, I don't know what to do, I'm bored. <laughs> well, there's been a list somewhere. The, the times that we're living in, more and more there's a, a greater awareness of broken families or families who are struggling. More. But we went through a stage of being aware of, um, you know, what was important in the way of the mega church or the bigger church. And, and we've gone through some stages in our journey and in our life of what was significant, what was important even, even spiritually. This is what a, a good church looks like. And so this is what we're aiming for. And there's been stages and so on. And without us being aware of it at times, we might, you might have a picture of what life should be like because somebody has told you what it should be like. And I wonder if we pause for a moment, if you can hear the voice of Jesus calling us out of the grave in our lives. What does it mean to be with Jesus? What does it mean to be like Jesus? What does it mean to do what he did? And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to have a look at a couple of passages this morning, but the key one, and the rest are reflective of it, uh, is in First um, Corinthians nine twenty four and following. I'm just going to grab my coffee this morning because Paul's time was a little bit different. It was the Colosseum. It was uh, times where um, and there were a lot of games going on and so on. And Paul, throughout the scriptures, throughout a lot of what he writes, and we're going to have, have a look at them, speaks about the idea that. In following the ways of Jesus, he really grabs a hold of the culture of his time and he speaks about basically running the race. You'd be aware and perhaps familiar with a lot of that. 
But in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and following, Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. So he's really capturing the culture of the time and trying to you know, pull out some wise words from it. They do it, in a, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. He's talking about being a follower of Christ. I do not fight like a boxer beating their air. No, I strike a blow. I discipline myself. I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Again, Acts 20, 17 and following. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. And how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions wait for me. But I do not act I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of grace. And so here again is that sense of I've got to work hard, I've got to discipline my, myself, I've got to continue on, I've got to finish the course. Galatians 5, he says, you were running well, verse 7. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. 2 Timothy 4.7 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. There it is again. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Again, Philippians 3, 12 and following. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, and we can probably quote it, we've heard it a lot, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so when we speak of the way of Jesus or being a disciple of Christ, his apprentice. We have these things called spiritual disciplines, and we hear of them a lot, and we go, yep, I, I, I get it. But it really is about the manner in which we encounter the power of God 
more and more. What does a discipline mean? It's an activity that you do or that we can do by direct effort that will eventually enable you to do that which you cannot currently do. You got that? It's a way to access Holy Spirit power and strength. And the obvious answer, and I ask, is do you want that for your life? Well, of course, Pastor. It's the avenue, or they are the avenue. Now, we picked up last week briefly on, um, I think Brendan's headed out to help with the uh, kids, but on Brendan and his um, Taekwondo dojo, you know, and um, I said to Brendan, if I just came along or watched a YouTube video or did something, would I be able to learn all the tricks of the trade and be a, a, a black belt? And he says, no, you need to get involved, you need to do something. Practice is really important. If you don't practice, you're going to lose the ability of what you've already even learnt. So spiritual disciplines could be defined in any number of ways, but for this morning, it's an activity that will help you to access the power of the Holy Spirit beyond yourself. You got that? An activity that will help you to access the power of the Holy Spirit. You're practicing one right now. But as we highlighted the fish story, it's important that we and you are aware of what you're doing. I'm placing, I'm putting myself into training. I'm acting on a spiritual discipline. Not just because, uh, well, it's what I do, it's what I'm told to do or what I should do or, or whatever. It's a rod for my back. No, it's because I choose this because I want to enact a spiritual discipline so that I might grow in Christ. I might trust God as I place myself there that he will come and do something. There will be some shaping, some abiding that takes place. Spiritual disciplines are practices that are based on the lifestyle of Jesus that create a time and space for us to access his power, his presence of the Holy Spirit, to be transformed from the inside out. They are about bringing our mind, body and soul into cooperation with the divine. It enables us to live in a power that is, strictly speaking, beyond us. I want to see more of you, God. I want to see your Holy Spirit come and fall and so on. There are other avenues too, just not in church of, of a Sunday, but as I enact out and carry out the spiritual disciplines in this world that I live in, that I'm struggling at times, perhaps even to see and find God in my life, to discipline myself, as Paul picks up on it. But sometimes we think too that if I practice these things, God will love me more. Nope. God won't love you any more than he already does, which is a lot. <laughs> A lot. Grace of God, the love of God, isn't opposed to effort, but to earning it. 
It's not opposed to effort, but to earning it. Spiritual disciplines, are it's a partnership. God does all the heavy lifting, but you place yourself in front of him. Without him, we can't access that power. But without us, he won't. I think about it a little bit more. I'm aware that the harder I try to be Jesus, the more often I tend to fail. I want to see the power of God at work. I want to be Jesus to those around me. But the harder I just try, I seem to fail so much more quickly. Because I'm thinking, well, it's just going to happen. Lord, make it happen today. Just download it onto me somehow or other. Use, you you know, the local NBN or something or other to just shove it into me and then boom, that'll happen and it'll be right and I'll be sorted and I'll be the perfect little Christian ever. I'm still trying to make that happen and it just doesn't seem to work because the harder I try to produce holiness or what only the Spirit of God can do, the more I'm going to fail because I can't produce holiness. What I can do is discipline myself to place myself in a way in which he can do the empowering. Yeah, And so it's not so much about trying harder as to be trained to place myself in these situations where he can do something. It's a bit like, we were talking about it, I wish Brendan was here actually because he loves these things, but you know, the karate kid, waxing off and waxing on. And if you've ever seen the movie, or there's a modern version too, isn't there? I don't know, does he wax on and wax off in the modern version? I don't know, I haven't seen it. But basically in the, in the older version, he's waxing all these cars and he's polishing them and he's getting sick and tired of it all. He's, got, he's getting so frustrated and then at the end of it all, he's in a situation and all of a sudden he's finding himself doing these moves, practicing karate all of a sudden. Hmm? It's about becoming aware and waking up and realising one day I've changed. Something's happened. I was practising this. I was disciplining myself in these spiritual disciplines and now all of a sudden, without even realising it, I'm waxing off and waxing on. It's become a part of me. It takes time. Firstly, one of the first steps is to confirm right now, perhaps you, I'm sure that you've done this, but for two, it's a good reminder for us to confirm in our heart, in your heart, that you want to experience the kind of life that Jesus lived. Whoa. Hold up there a minute, Pastor. I might not be a scholar in the scriptures, but it didn't end good for him. <laughs> the life that... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, well, can I have some bits, like when he turns water into wine? Because that would solve a whole lot of problems. And, you know, and, and the people thought he was pretty good when he, when he you know, did a few fish and like that lives trick. That would be great as well if I could do that. But to walk and be a part of a world or many at least, 
who frown upon his way, for there to be persecution or hardship. Oh, hang on a minute. And so it's about being true to ourselves and going, yes, and it might be a moment where we realise, well, hang on, maybe I've allowed the world to filter into my life so much that I'm holding on to many of its values and I just need to step back for a moment and refresh my heart and mind and soul and say, Jesus, I love you and I don't just want to sing songs that sound great about you and about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and think, gee, that was lovely, and I was there in that moment, but whoa, hang on a minute here. To confirm in your heart that you want to experience the kind of life Jesus lived. A sacrificial life. You read the gospel, one of the four gospels, and you find Jesus so compelling and mesmerizing that you say, I want to be like Jesus. I want him to say to me, come follow me. To be in tune, to abide, to be marked by love and mercy, he wasn't afraid to stand up against the authorities of the day and night. That's the first part. The vision. Lord, you've, the word says you know, to be in the world but not of the world. And I might be becoming aware of some of the things that I'm not too sure if I'm ready to let go of just, just yet. But I know that you love me, you understand, and you'll walk with me in life. And so it's not just about trying harder. It's about training harder. To sit with the Holy Spirit before your day starts. To practice some of the disciplines. To walk and talk to God. To say, you know, Lord, this is what's really important to me. This is my, my vision. I'm dissatisfied perhaps with where I am and where I would like to be. I'm willing to train harder. I've got the resources and the cost of change is much smaller than what I envision that you would do in my life. What I choose to do. It's about, and we mentioned this last week, it's about taking an inventory of your rhythms and routines and to see if you can join the dots between the things you are doing and what those things are doing to you. It's like, and I'm in this boat together with you, okay? It's not like I've got all the spiritual disciplines happening or even half of them or whatever, but journeying in this together. It's like, as I mentioned last week, when I was living on a farm in Burpengary, I don't think I have farming land down there anymore. It makes me sound old. But as a kid, having to make a path through the bush to get to the bus to go to school in Kabulcha and having to hack away that path and coming back the following day and still having to walk it more and more and more before it became a path, a clear path through the bush track so that we wouldn't get lost. 
Spiritual disciplines take training. It takes renewing of our minds, placing ourselves there regularly. I remember when, and it was a while ago, that generosity as a spiritual discipline was something I wanted to see happen more in my, my life because I love counting my, well, we say counting my pennies, we say counting my one and two, and we can't do that anymore, cent pieces, counting our five-cent pieces now. It's changed, isn't it? Somebody told me the other day that they reckon that in a couple of years' time, the banks are saying that they're going to, do, they're going to get rid of currency altogether. All right? That's interesting. But in learning to be generous, I had to start somewhere, and it was by shouting somebody a cup of coffee. And then as I began to shout somebody a cup of coffee every now and then and occasionally, I found a, a slowing development of being aware of people who were doing it tough. And before I knew it, guy, I was finding myself in places where somebody was short of money at, at Coles or whatever. And I found, felt the, the desire to say, hey, let me help you out. And then as that began to progress, and don't you ever line up in front of me at Coles or something, I'm thinking, a pastor's just going, you know, <laughs> here's our shopping list for, for the week. Got nothing, I forgot it, I left it in the car, pastor, here you go. I see you coming. All right. um, there's an opportunity, as you know, we've spoken about this years ago, but our random acts of kindness, a spiritual discipline of generosity to pay for somebody else's petrol, Petrol's very expensive today, isn't it? Hmm? And at one point, I got to a place where I was doing a number of these different things or buying a lunch here or whatever, and I got to the point where I thought, when's someone going to be generous towards me? And the Spirit of God got a hold of me right there and said, wrong attitude. It's not about what you get out of it. It's about what you're doing for the kingdom here. It's a wrong attitude. So I repented of that. And every now and then I need to re-repent of it. Lord, <laughs> so you're reminding me here. Because again, it's just bringing that vision into our, my hearts and minds of who I am in Christ, how I'm set apart, how I'm abiding, and I need to continue to act like this. It's not about what's happening on the other side. It's who I choose to be in practicing the disciplines. Cutting out that pathway regularly. It's a way of life in a world that says more often than not, very much, it's about me. What am I getting out of it? What am I getting out of it? And again, can you hear the voice of Jesus calling you, calling us out of the grave like Lazarus? Come, follow me. And so just a, a couple of tips, all right? If you're saying, yep, okay, maybe I've got some of this happening in my life already, and great, or there are some things, Pastor, that I really, really struggle with. 
just to define spiritual disciplines and as Paul is encouraging us through a number of these passages to, hey, it's not about just downloading quickly, it's about practising, it's what I choose to do and if I struggle with disciplining myself, that's okay, let's start with just something and even if you have a relapse there or you fail there, that's okay because you've gone, ah, I really want to do that in my life. And I've forgotten about it already and it's less than 24 hours since the pastor spoke about it and it's just not happening. To go, okay, back on your horse. It's not allowing the world to then or the devil to say, ah, see, you're no good. You're never going to get this right. I don't know whether it talks like that or not, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Back on your horse. Get back on your horse. Wax on. Wax off. It's going to take a while. It's going to feel awkward, but eventually, 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 it might take an entire year to get one area of a spiritual discipline that you'd love to see in your life happening a lot easier. It takes training. It takes discipline. There are some disciplines that we do alone, firstly. Secondly, there are some disciplines that we do in community, We practiced one this morning. There are some disciplines that are all about abstaining from things, from reading our lives of different things, from choosing that. There are some disciplines that are really about engaging things as well. We often think spiritual disciplines are just about us individually and what I do, but they're not. They're also about what we can do collectively. Disciplines, secondly, take into account your personality. You might think, well, I'm more of an extroverted person, so I'm going to do some of those more louder disciplines that are a lot easier for me, perhaps, than what an introverted person might be. But be aware that we all need some space for aloneness at times, for solitude. You might think that you're more introverted than extroverted, but you know, and I know that we need community. We need relationships. You're not one or the other. And at times we need a little bit of introversion in our lives and a little bit of extroversion in our lives. Thirdly, if it's thirdly, There are pathways on how people connect with God. We don't do it all the same. And so you might think, well, to sit in a silent room or in a cupboard or or closet or a wardrobe or whatever else and just pray to God, that's my way and and, and we all should should be doing that. It's not going to be the way in which everybody responds. There are, for example, naturalists who love finding God on hikes and in nature. E.g., I can connect more in that situation. I can practice my spiritual discipline in that arena. Those who connect more through their senses, who are aware of God more, you're going to laugh at this, but it's, it's, it's true. They're more aware of God over an ice-cold beer or a steak on the barbie or a lemon meringue pie 
of just being grateful and thankful to God in some way, a moment of when it just released the pressure of life or whatever, and there's a moment, you can believe it or not, connect with God through that. I don't know why I'm enforcing that so much, but anyway. The aesthetics in solitude and simplicity, another pathway. The traditionalists who love God through ritual and symbol, candles, an old church cathedral, an old church pew. Activists who love God through confrontation or celebration or and or celebration. Caregivers who encounter God more through loving God by loving others. Hmm? A couple more. Intellectuals who love reading and thinking the humanities and encountering God in what's happening as they read, think, contemplative through adoration, just aware of God and little moments throughout the day of his presence. Power at work. A whole bunch of them. You yourself will probably already, it might be of one of those or something where you go, this is the space, this is the place where the spiritual disciplines or connecting with with God um, take place a lot more easier than in other moments. So whatever pathway, whatever personality, Connecting with the spiritual disciplines is the avenue through which we wax on and wax off and see more and more a slow progression, perhaps, of God beginning to shape and mould us where we wake up one day and we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds. Oh, hang on, is that spiritual? Some love worship, some more into the word, some are more into people. But God, through the practicing, encourages us through the practicing of spiritual disciplines. You might go, how often do I have to pray? How often do I have to worship? How often do I have to be generous? How often do I have to fast? Oh, hang on, that's a whole lot. And I'm going to get tired or bored of that. And I don't really know. Let me finish with this quote. If you want to come on up, Marty, just to lead us. It's a guy whose book I haven't read. I've taken a a quote from somebody else in bringing this together, but his name is G.K. Chesterton, Chesterton, and he's written a book called Orthodoxy. And in his book, he uses this example about God sometimes and spiritual disciplines. You know when, um, if you're old enough, you know when a, a kid says, hey, Dad, do it again, do it again, or hey, Mum, do it again, do it again, you think... Oh my goodness, or an uncle or an aunt, you know, grandparent. Do it again, do it again. You're going, oh, I don't know how many times I've done this, I'm getting pretty, oh, I've had enough, please. Do it again, do it again. He says this about God in light of that. Perhaps God says yes to monotony, where he says, do it again to the sun and do it again to the moon. It may not be an automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. 
It may be that God makes all daisies separately and never grows tired of making them. It may be that he has the external appetite of being childlike. For we have sinned and grown old of routine, monotony. And our father is younger than we. Lamentations 3.22 Your mercies are new every morning. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. Let's pray. I invite you to invite the Lord God at this moment into where you sit right there to ask for just a fresh renewing what the Holy Spirit does in our hearts and minds to renew us. A fresh understanding a fresh desire to be trained. And so that this morning, Lord, we invite you into this space, into our lives, this space, and just pray that you would remind us this week, even if it's just through listening to the podcast during the week again, or the message, or something else, of our heart's desire to be shaped and moulded, to abide in you, and to really grab a hold of that and go, well, the cost of change is this. To take a record of my day and my, my, my week, and to begin to think about what things are shaping me, what moments are impacting me and how are they impacting me and then begin to take you off a little bit, shave a little bit of time off and go, Lord, I want to bring this, I want to be disciplined. I want to grow in that. I might struggle with that, but I want to bring in a spiritual discipline, even if it's, my, even if it's just a minute, a three minutes, five minutes, ten, whatever it might be, to sit with you and practice a spiritual discipline that I might be shaped and moulded by you that as we journey throughout life and the rest of this year and the coming year because we're going to be doing some stuff in this, this area of our lives to discover that as I wax on and wax off you are creating a new person in Christ that I see your power at work as I invite you, as I find space for you to do only what you can do, not through me trying harder, but through training, practicing the way of Jesus. In your name we pray, Jesus.